tonight uh, we're going to kind of talk a little bit about putting the kingdom first. Uh, we kind of got a little bit of a, a, a snippet of it Sunday morning during our little mini lesson about what it really means to put the kingdom first and uh, how that can change your entire outlook on life, how you uh, are influenced by internal and external factors, uh, and, and really, how do we get there? And how do we walk in that mindset? Uh, when we look in Matthew 6, verse 33, it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And this is you know, after a long string of verses, uh, if you came to the forgiven drama, you saw, uh, you know, after, during the marketplace scene, we uh, walked through and we talked about, you know, the birds, they do not worry. They do not toil for their food and, and the flowers, they don't spin yet they're nourished and they grow. And so all of those verses are kind of going on beforehand. And it is really uh, an illustration, not just of, hey, how much you mean to God, that if he's taking care of these things and we are his crowning achievement of creation, then how much more is he going to take from uh, take care of us? So our needs are going to be met, but the, the key verse to that is not just that our needs are met, but did the birds worry? Were they concerned? No, that's a mental state. That's an emotional state that the Lord's going to address those things as well if we choose, when we get down to verse 33, to seek the kingdom of God first. And so, in the world today, we've got anxiety through the roof. We've got depression through the roof. We have um, stress through the roof. And we live in a world of worry. Luckily, we have this promise that we may be in the world, but we're not of it. So we have this choice to make where we can be in the world and we can allow it to influence us and affect us, or we can say, hey, I've got to operate here, but I don't have to partake of what they're serving. I can pull my source and my needs from a different place. And, you know, when we look at, you know, what, what is the definition of worry, uh, it, it talks about a, a mental distress or agitation uh, resulting from concern usually for something impending or that we anticipate. It's anxiety or an instance or occurrence of such distress or agitation the world seems pretty distressed right now. 
I'm pretty sure that over the past several years, it's been pretty agitated. I know I've felt agitated at circumstances over the past several years. So if I'm feeling that way, how much more is the world feeling that way? And, you know, we can't necessarily eliminate these sources of worry. Uh, Again, we weren't called to be removed and be a recluse and not participate in the world because at the end of the day, we were charged with spreading the good news. So if that's what Jesus' last words to his apostles were, to take it to the four corners, to every creature, that kind of eliminates any argument of, hey, well, we should just completely separate ourselves and we can live in utopia and we won't have any problems. I think all of us have probably seen lots of different religious experiments or social experiments where they've tried to to build something like that and where everybody just loves everybody and everybody takes care of everybody and those typically don't end up very, very good. Um, and so uh, we are meant to be in the world. And... But we have the ability to take control of, and we even have the responsibility uh, for our own mental state, believe it or not, you know, the world will try and pass things off as uh, just a disease or just as genetics, but If I believe that the Holy Ghost is real, and I believe that if if it's hereditary, that when I get baptized in Jesus' name, I come up a new creature in Christ, well, then that means that all those things aren't applicable, right? And so that's the authority that we have to work in, is whatever I may have grown up in, whatever I may have a predisposition for, when I take on the name of Jesus and become a new creature, those things, if I choose, have no place and have no rule over how I conduct myself. You know, I tell my girls all the time, it doesn't matter what other people are doing, you're expected to behave a certain way. And you're expected to do certain things. And it's, but everybody else is doing it. Okay, but you're not going to do that. And it seems unfair. It can seem unfun, uncool. Uh, but at the end of the day, that's there to protect. And that's there to train so that when they're out in the world and they see uh, what others are doing, that they don't have to succumb to that peer pressure or the spirit of the hour. They can say, no, I'm strong enough and I've been taught to seek righteousness that I'm going to hold fast to that. And, uh, you know, so when we talk about the world of worry, you know, there are worries that are in our inner life. So there are things that... um, or maybe our own internal fears, our own internal concerns, 
that are derived from our experiences. You know, they're, they're not necessarily uh, part of the environment around us, uh, but they are things that, you know, we didn't have a choice over. We didn't have control over. Um, you know, we've all heard the saying of, we didn't get to choose the family that we were born into. I was fortunate enough to be born into a family that believed in one God, believed in Acts 2.38, believed in faithful service to church and attendance. So I grew up doing all of those things. I have a privilege. Many in here didn't grow up in that. Many who have darkened the door of a church didn't grow up in environments that were like that. But they learned about what it's like when you become a part of the kingdom of God and what that can, can do for you and how you can overcome the things of your childhood. Now, that doesn't mean that my childhood was a fairy tale and, and everything was perfect and fine and so easy. Uh, unfortunately, serving the Lord and being faithful to the Lord, which there's plenty of, of white-haired individuals in the church today who would probably say, nope, my life has not been easy. And I've served the Lord for 65 years, for 80 years, for 40 years. And guess what? It hasn't been easy. And, and you may argue or you, or you may say, I don't know that there's a single year that I have served the Lord where the whole year has just been easy. There's always something that pops up to try and derail us. But we have these things uh, you know, that are maybe there from the beginning and they shape who we are as a person uh, and we, uh, there may be conditioned in childhood, adolescence, young adulthood, uh, but there are things that we can't avoid, so you can't outrun them. If you've had an experience as a child that's, that impacts your life, you're probably going to remember that. I am not extremely fond of physical activity because I was never able to win the President's Award as a, a young child in school. Did any of you ever have to do the President's Award where you did, you had to do so many push-ups in a minute and so many sit-ups and you had to run a mile so fast and you had to do pull-ups. I couldn't do pull-ups to save my life. Uh, not even one. So uh, I am not fond of physical training. I know it's hard to tell, but, uh, but there, wa there was a point at which I did it just because we had to do it. Uh, but there are things, and they can be as simple as, hey, maybe we just weren't successful in something, or maybe it was traumatizing, and uh, you know, we don't ever want to have that feeling again, and that shapes our decisions, that shapes even how we interpret things uh, that 
we experience today. You know, if you were yelled at a lot as a child, if your boss starts yelling at you at work, maybe that causes anxiety. Maybe that causes you to start tensing up. You don't know why, but it, it can go all the way back to something. And, and we, we don't have control over that. Or do we? Again, we have the ability, we can't undo the things that happen, but we can put them in context and we know that we can be delivered from maybe the emotions, the feelings, the thoughts that are triggered by that event or a response. When we're a part of the kingdom, it's not, uh, and you may say, well, what is what does being a part of the kingdom of God have to do with, with anything? We'll talk a little bit about what exists in the kingdom of God here shortly. But being a part of this kingdom is, is really important, not just for you to obtain deliverance, for you to fulfill the, the will of God, but it allows you to manage, cope, you know, whatever term you want to put to it with the worry of the world today. And so, uh, you know, we get into then, then the worries of the outer life. So those things that are just the environment that we live in. And a lot of times, you know, as a child, you know, your stress is, I didn't get the fruit snack packet that I wanted, you know, and that's devastating. Uh, and as adults, you know, I'm sure we've all said, man, I wish I could just go back to being an eight-year-old or a five-year-old uh, and, and leave, you know, all the stresses of being an adult. Um, and uh, behind. But when we reach that adulthood, you know, this introduces new struggles, new stresses, that go beyond, you know, maybe just a negative experience. But you have the pressures and the stresses that come from a job, um, from expectations or demands that maybe uh, your boss or employer or other peers may have about you, uh, bills, you know, the state of the economy, the things that you didn't know that you should worry about, the news tells you you should worry about them. You know, we've got the climate crisis, you should be worried about that. You've got a war over in a country you've never heard of. You should be worrying about that, even though there's no way for that war to come here. But the environment that we're living in is essentially creating fear, anxiety, worry, and it's all meant to distract us and to separate us from the kingdom of God. And you may say, wow, that's a, that's a really big leap for you to take. Just hold on a moment and we'll get to what, again, what the kingdom of God is about and what's there. And, and you'll see that, hey, maybe there is that significant of a difference. And maybe that is what the enemy is trying to do. The enemy's not stupid. He knows the Bible just like we do. 
And, and you could say, wow, he's had a lot more years. He probably knows it better. But he's not stupid, and he knows what God has said, and he knows that it is, not that it's easy to live for God, but that the yoke is light when you are a part of this kingdom. And so uh, these pressures that we feel we know the rain falls on the just and the unjust. God's not a respecter of persons. So these stresses are impacting us. They're impacting people that are not a part of the kingdom. And unfortunately, there's not really a one-size-fits-all solution, per se, to just eliminating the stresses of life. There's not an easy button that we just push it and poof, everything goes away. Because um, how many times uh, have you been in a situation and maybe you've prayed and you've prayed diligently and, you know, we've probably made promises and statements of, I, I promise I'm going to read the Bible more if you just kind of answer this one request for me. And uh, it, it is, and God kind of says, sometimes he says, okay, I'll give you a respite. I'll give you peace. I'll answer that. I know that you're making some type of promise that you probably aren't going to be able to keep. But, and then there are other times where you get the wait, or there are other times where it's the no. And uh, it is, so there, there's no just easy button on getting out of it. Um, but the kingdom life, so when you start becoming a part of the kingdom of God and you start living as a citizen of that kingdom, it is the answer to dealing with these types of stresses. And that is different for each one of us because our relationship with God is unique and different and personal. And uh, it, it really comes down to a decision to not allow the pressures of life to control us, even when we can't control those external and internal sources uh, and, and how they flow. And you may say, wow, that's a really easy thing for you to say. Don't worry, be happy, right? If we've, we've seen you know, caricatures of individuals who, oh, I don't care. You know, you've, you've probably seen the cartoon where somebody's just walking and they're going to fall off of something and then all of a sudden, you know, a board falls down and they, they walk, they're reading the newspaper or something and they're going to step in concrete and somebody bumps into them and they turn a different way or a car's going to hit them. You know, that's not real life, is it? You know, it... It, worry is a real thing, and that, that's not an excuse to just say, uh, well, stuff's going to happen, so I, I guess I just kind of roll with the punches. You know, this is not a roll with the punches type of decision. This is a, I am making a determination in my mind that I am a citizen of the kingdom of God, and I am not... I do not have to acknowledge the stress, the worry, the anxiety that's there. I can choose 
to, what does the Bible say? Cast our cares on the Lord. And, you know, that a lot of times is a, a difficult thing, or again, it's one of those things that sounds really easy to do. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes, you know, we get in our mind that, oh, if I cast that on the Lord, it just removes it. That's not how it always works. Sometimes that's how it works. Uh, the Bible also says, you know, he'll make a way for you to get out of temptation. He'll give you an opportunity to flee. You still have to decide, and you still have to take action, but you can get through that. So just because you cast your care upon the Lord, it doesn't make the care go away. It just allows you the ability to get through what is there. And again, that's a, that's a mindset thing. And, you know, you would think that, hey, we're talking about a motivational speech up here uh, of, you know, get your mind right, get your body right. And, you know, just pay me $95.99 and all your problems will go away. Read my book. Uh, lots of people have made a lot of money doing those types of things when... We have a book, we have a God, it's all free. And all the answers to those types of things, if you, if you have something that you're worried about, I can guarantee you there's some scripture that will apply to that situation and encourage you and get you out of it. There is a word from the Lord, and, and we'll talk about, again, when you're a citizen of the kingdom, there are rules, laws, these aren't necessarily rules or laws that we'll talk about, but they're things if you want to be successful and you want to overcome uh, the spirit of the hour, that you can put these things into practice. And I, I guarantee you, if you do these things, it doesn't mean that your road's easy, but the high places will get a little bit lower and the low places will get raised up a little bit, and the curved paths will get a little bit straighter. And so maybe that journey is just a little bit easier for you, and you don't become weary in well-doing. And so, uh, but we can do all of these things with God's help, and he can change us. Um, but we have to make the decision that we're not going to allow worry to control our life. You know, life is ultimately what we make it out to be. I've been to countries that are extreme in poverty. People have nothing, and yet they have smiles bigger than 95% of the smiles that you'd see walking on the road here in America where every need can be met. And most of us live in excess of what our needs are. We're very blessed. And so how can those that have nothing somehow be content with what they have and still be able to have joy? So, yes, you know, maybe these are buzz slogans or buzz words of life is, life is what you make it. Sure. Sure. But, but that is true. 
And uh, we have to choose to take responsibility and control uh, of our lives through positive actions, you know, that we'll, we'll talk about kind of that, that list, uh, that counter the stress and worry that are out there. You know, faith without works is dead. So you can say, David, we, we live by faith. That is true, but you have to act out your faith. John 3.16 is about faith. It's not salvation. Acts 2.38 is about salvation, and there are actions that we have to take in it. So what, why is it our responsibility to determine what kind of life we have? It's that wonderful thing that we, we want to have at times, but it's also the adult the adulting thing, and that's free will, autonomy. God doesn't force us to do anything. We've got to choose what we do. And, uh, you know, when you're a little kid, it's, I can't, I can't wait till I'm the boss, and then I'm going to, I'm going to do what I want. And then when you're the boss, you're just like, man, can somebody else be the boss for today? And I, I just want to want to be the kid and go get ice cream. But there are, you know, natural things that we can do, uh, you know, that help relieve the pressures and the anxiety and the stress. You know, you can you can do exercises. You can eat healthy. You can do breathing exercises. You can, there are all kinds of uh, techniques that you can use, and it's not that they're bad, but at the end of the day, the thing that's really going to make that change in mindset last is when you exercise your spirit and when you focus on nourishing your spiritual health. And, you know, that is what is really necessary for you to make that connection to the kingdom of God, and it's really the only effective way to cure worry. If I can get my spirit in the right place, then everything, my, my mindset is on spiritual things. And if I'm connected to love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, the fruit of the spirit, then those are the things that I'm going to feel. It's not worry. It's not peace. And so w when we're talking about the cure for worry, it's the, the premise of the kingdom of God. And in, in Matthew, the uh, verse that we read earlier, it tells us, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And uh, Jesus was really giving his disciples... Uh, an approach to life where they don't need to worry about their basic needs. Those are going to be taken care of. Uh, but it's going to be done through their relationship with God. It's not, their connection to God is what allowed their shoes not to wear out and their clothes to wear out and for them to have food. It was that connection that provided it. it was, if they had just said, 
oh, I'm just going to walk around and I'm just going to live my life, their shoes would have wore out. Their clothes would have wore out. So that was the direct benefit of being a part of the kingdom of God. And when you're in that kingdom, you can live a spiritual relationship with the creator and you can find relief and overcome this spirit of worry, the sense of worry, uh, and really allow yourself to live in peace. Uh, and the idea, um, you know, we'll re read in Matthew 6, verse 10, it says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Okay, so if heaven is God's kingdom and that's where his will is fully realized, right? When we get to heaven, there's peace, no more sadness, joy, rejoicing, you know, Heaven is the epitome of what everybody is striving towards. And that's what we are trying to get to. And so it, it is when we become a part of that kingdom and we have the opportunity to get a glimpse of that when we are in spiritual relationship with God, we actually get to partake in what that kingdom experience is going to be like when he calls us home, we get just a little taste of it. And, you know, how, how many of us can say, man, when, when I worship and adore and I get in the presence of God and I am truly having a, a kingdom moment, I'm in, a, I'm in another place. When I come out of that, my countenance has changed, my mental state has changed. We get a little taste of that. We're going to get it all the time when we're there. And that is that's what we're trying to establish here, is that freedom. And Jesus was pointing out this new approach because, you know, previously everything was legalistic. It was very tradition-oriented, and we're going to do these acts. And this flipped that entire paradigm on its head and uh, it, it really focused on, hey, we're going to bring the kingdom of God here. It's not something that's far off. It's not something that is uh, untangible. It is something that we can hold on to and can affect our lives today. And uh, you know, really, this is the fulfillment of Matthew 6.33, uh, where the kind of relationship with Jesus Christ allows us to manage, at the very least, if not eliminate, the worries of life that proceed out of the stresses and the pressures that we experience. Uh, and, and when we choose to have close contact and communion with the righteousness of God, 
then we're not consumed with worry, fear, our physical needs, because we know those are going to get taken care of, but we get overwhelmed with righteousness and peace and joy. And when I said, why, why is it important for us to get into this kingdom mindset? Like, if we put the kingdom first, how does that eliminate worry? Well, Romans 14, verse 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So when we become a part of the kingdom of God and we're operating kingdom first, things that are in complete opposition to worry stress are are listed up there so when you're operating outside of it you're susceptible to worry and again we all get to that place where we're worried where we're stressed where we're anxious it's not uh, a sin or a bad thing that you end up there it's not a judgment on uh, on your life. But you have the opportunity to pull yourself up out of that when you start saying, I've got to put the kingdom first. I've got to get in contact with the, the king over that kingdom, and I've got to build a relationship with him, and I've got to commune with him, and I've got to allow him to speak to me, and I've got to take that instruction. And when I participate and I'm a citizen of that kingdom, then I start doing the right thing. I get peace in my spirit. And I start even getting to the point where I've got joy. And you may say, wow, that person, they've been put through the ringer. How do they have a smile on their face? How are they still excited to see me? How are they excited to be going to church? You know, How many times have you woke up and you've been maybe a little bit sore, you've been a little bit tired, you've worked a long week, and it's just like, is it really worth, like, I can watch online. Or, what's one service? But when you, when you have that thought, and then you say, no, I gotta, I gotta get there. And, And that's not, sometimes there are times we can't make it here. But so I'm going to engage. I'm going. I know I can get online and watch. When you start doing that, how much better do you feel? Usually after that, sir, it's like, wow, I, I took the step towards God, and He helped me overcome these things. And my mindset's now where I was tired and worn out. I'm now rejuvenated to head into the next week. Time and time again, uh, that's a story that. I personally have, where it's just like, man, Sunday, I I thought the Sabbath was supposed to be a day of rest, but here we are working, ministering, where we're not just lounging about, but somehow, when we get plugged in, we walk out more rejuvenated and we're at least, it hasn't eliminated what we may have to face during the week, but we've got the strength to do it. And uh, 
So making, this requires though, you to consciously make a choice for making the kingdom of God a priority. These verses have said, seek ye first the kingdom of God, not just seek it, not just know about it, but pursue it and make it a priority in your life. And when we do that, we're able to look, worry, stress, fear, anxiety right in the eye, and we're able to say, you can't be here because there are things that repel you out of the kingdom of God. And, uh, you know, at first, a lot of times that looks like adoration, worship. Uh, in Psalms 96, verses 8 through 9, it says, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. O oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him in all the earth. And so, that is our commission. If we're going to try and get into the kingdom of God, is a lot of times we have to start just worshiping and praising him, acknowledging him for who he is. He's the king. He's the great I am. And, uh, you know, as we look at, you know, what are really some kind of practical things that we can do to start getting a kingdom mindset. One, we can commit ourselves wholeheartedly to Jesus and his kingdom. And that means no holding back. It's, in case you didn't know, Sundays and Wednesday evenings are not the only time that you should act like a Christian. should be acting like a Christian full-time. And what does acting like a Christian mean? It means being Christ-like. How do you know how to be Christ-like? Well, that gets us on to number two here, which is spend quality time with the Lord Jesus every day. And that means in prayer. That means in his word. And it's one thing uh, to, to pray to the Lord. It's one thing to read his word. The other thing that you need to allow yourself time to is to reflect upon those things. Allow yourself to hear back and the Lord to speak to you. And, you know, it, a lot of times, I, I would say, very near all the time, it's not going to be some voice or some uh, major event where God just like reveals something to you. But it's going to be, wow, I, I was kind of feeling this way and the scripture that I just happened to have, you know, maybe in my Bible reading plan or in my devotional today spoke right to that. And you can say, coincidence, and you can dismiss it, or you can say, God knew what, uh, what I needed on this day, and knew where I was going to be at, at this moment, and this was the word that he had for me. 
And, uh, you know, there are, uh, I'm sure everybody knows somebody or has had the experience of, God, I need you to speak to me. And they open up their Bible and they point their finger on a verse. And all of a sudden that verse just immediately speaks uh, to what they were asking. You know, it, it is, and you can say, yeah, right, like that happens. I can tell you that there have been times where I've just opened up the Bible and I've said, Lord, I know every word in here is worth something to me. And, you know, you can always find encouragement in any word that you read of his. But there have been plenty of times where you just open up and say, hey, I'm just going to read just a random portion of the Bible today. I'm not going to follow some type of reading plan. And all of a sudden that speaks to you. And you're just like, man, I didn't even know, like, I needed that today. Or I couldn't explain this, but now you have brought full understanding of what I'm going through. If you've never done that before, I would encourage you to try it. You're at least reading the Bible, so, uh, so that is good for something. Also, focusing on developing uh, not just going through the motion of, hey, spending time with the Lord, uh, but becoming intimate with him, talking to him, allowing him to speak, enjoying just being in communion and fellowship with him. Uh, four, you can commit your schedule to the Lord. We're, we're very busy. You know, I, I don't, they say, that we are more busy today than we were 30, 40, 50 years ago. I'm sure those of you that were busy 30, 40, 50 years ago would say, we were still really busy back then. Maybe, maybe it was just a little bit different. Um, and so being busy isn't something new. Uh, We've all had to do that, and, you know, you have to take, make a conscious effort to say, I I'm going to carve out time on a Wednesday evening in the summer when it's still light out that, you know, I could be home doing yard work, I could be home doing X, Y, Z, I could be golfing, I could be doing whatever I wanted to, but I'm going to make a priority to be in the house of God on Sunday it's the same thing. And, you know, when you, it, it is always, I hate that my phone has this great feature that tells me what my screen time was. And, and each week I get a little report that says, hey, your screen time was down 17%. I'm just like, wow, that's great. I, I was off my phone for 17% less time this past week. And then you actually look at the numbers and it's like, but you were on your phone for nine hours. I, I don't know what I, I do on my phone for nine hours, but I'm assuming that the phone is right. And so you, you have to think about, man, how much time am I wasting not putting the kingdom first and that I could, so I run out of time to read or reflect or pray or, you know, give some type of service to the Lord. 
but really focusing our schedules and being conscious of the decisions that we make so that we are putting the kingdom first. And uh, <clears throat> the fifth thing, making that mindset of I'm going to refuse to worry about the challenges that may be presented in my life. Again, that doesn't mean to dismiss them or act like they don't exist. But we're not going to allow that to dominate our emotions, our thoughts, our feelings. But we're going to put our stresses and worries in God's hands. And we're going to put our trust in him. And we know that he's going to give us what we need. And even if we may not feel like, wow, the outcome that we got is what I was expecting, well, then he's going to give you the strength to get through whatever that outcome was. And the last thing is finding time for others throughout your day. The kingdom of God is not just one person. I sure hope that it's, it's more than one of us that makes it to heaven. <laughs> you know, I, I hope that I'm not just the one lucky one that got to go there, and then it's like, well, where was everybody else? Or if you're it, well, where's everybody else? You know, and so we have uh, a, an obligation as a citizen of the kingdom to encourage those that are in the kingdom, to encourage those that may not be in the kingdom to maybe join the kingdom. Show them that there's a difference of when you are a part of the kingdom of God, that these things that are going on in the world, they don't affect you the same way. Uh, you know, when I hear, oh, things are happening around Israel, the world is like, oh my gosh, things are happening around Israel, yada, yada, yada. For me, it's, oh, maybe Jesus is coming soon. You know, my, my mindset is completely different on, you know, when we hear wars and rumors of wars and famines and drought, the world is in crisis. It's called the climate crisis. It's not called joy. But when I hear those things, it's not that I'm happy that those things are happening, but that tells me that the time is coming. We're getting close. I'm ready to blow this popsicle stand. But I want as many of you and I want as many that are still not a part of the kingdom to make it. And so if, if we want others to make it or even look for something that maybe they could get through it, if we're always in the doldrums, if we're not overcoming, if we're not thriving, then what do they think we have to offer? So that's our challenge, is to act out like a citizen of the kingdom of God. Sister Susan, Brother Jim, if you want to come up, you can get ready. Let, let's stand. If you want to come up and we'll pray, we'll worship, but really challenge yourself to think about, you know, am I 
a good citizen of the kingdom of God? Am I living out what it means to be a citizen? You know, when I was in school, we used to have citizen of the month and you'd get selected and it was really cool because you got to go sit up on the stage with a table and you got one of the Pizza Hut personal pan pizzas and everybody got to watch you eat, eat that. As an adult, that sounds really weird, and I'm not sure why it meant, meant so much, but it was, hey, you are citizen of the month. Hallelujah. So I encourage you, be citizen of the day, be citizen of the month.